Hello and welcome to the Diminutive Collection. This week, Christian and I are going to be doing something just a little bit different for you guys. We're going to be going through Kylie's back catalogue and looking at the rare gems, the gems that were singles, but were kind of like forgotten singles. Would you say, Christian, songs that were kind of really important songs in Kylie's career, but no one really talks about them. They're the songs that were released, but weren't really associated with any of Kylie's albums. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Bonus gems that she never really put on any of her albums. So songs that she collaborated with other artists with, songs that were from soundtracks, songs that you don't necessarily would put on a Kylie's Greatest Hits, but these are the songs that kind of have stepped out from the, uh, from the ordinary. And, we've, and there's some great bangers in, in, in this as well. Like there's some really good songs that I've forgotten about when we were putting this list together. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my God, yeah. So should we start off and kick off with the first song that we're going to talk about? And I think what we're going to do, guys, is we'll do another one of these episodes in another couple of weeks. So if we haven't covered your favourite song, let us know and at the Kylie Smiley podcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll review it. So send in your requests on, on the kind of interesting Kylie classics. So yeah, let's go on with the first one we're going to talk about. And this one was from a demo session from the Light Years recordings. And it's a song called Always and Forever. Christian, what are your thoughts? Now, this is a, a, a very strange song. For people in the UK, we're probably familiar with it if we watched a TV show called Night and Day, which was kind of like an early evening daily soap. It was kind of neighbours crossed with Finn Peaks because it kind of focused on the storyline of this girl going missing. And it was all kind of weird characters and there was all sorts of things going on, but it had really sexy cast. It was very young, very sexy. It had Stuart Manning in it, who was in Home and Away for a little bit. Um, and it had a really sexy cast and it was a bit saucy sometimes because there were bits where you saw the boys just sitting in a, in a steam room for some reason where they would just be chatting there with their chests out. It was very bizarre. But um, uh, I kind of gave up on it halfway through because I couldn't care less who, where this girl had gone if she was murdered. In fact, if anyone does know what happened at the end of that series, let me know because I can't remember any of it. <laughs> but um, the theme tune was actually a sensation because it was Kylie, Kylie obviously sang the theme tune and it had this kind of lovely kind of like really upbeat uh, kind of like chorus that kind of, but then if you listen to the long version, which you can find on YouTube, uh, it's got this, um, this beautiful kind of Bond style. Uh, oh, uh, totally Bond. It, it's like a Bond theme tune. Perhaps she had this, had written this song in mind for a Bond theme tune. So yeah, I can't believe I was... actually. Kylie hasn't been ever uh, asked to do one. I'm surprised in all these years. I mean, she'd be a lot better than, what's that angry girl who's got black hair and green hair? What's her name? I mean, Billie Eilish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be a hell of a lot better than her. Well, the thing is, I, I mean, I would always go for like a Kylie because, uh, for a Bond theme, because I just think people like Billie Eilish probably won't be around in five years' time. So she's of that moment. It's a little bit like Aha. Aha were big at the time, but they haven't really, I mean, I know they do their tribute performances, but... They're not a band that you talk about in the same way you were talking about Shirley Bassey or you were talking about Tom Jones. I think in some ways Kylie is one of those people who will be around forever. So she should really be doing a bomb theme at uh, some point. It's very bizarre that she hasn't. I would love to just think that Kylie sent this song to Barbara Broccoli uh, <laughs> and, and as a bit of a, you know, have a listen to this kind of thing. Keep me in mind. Uh, it would have been brilliant. And it would have been great for her to do that around 2000 as well. Because like, the light years album kind of I don't know kind of felt like it was akin to a Bond kind of the whole on a night like this video it was kind of very Bondish even the kids film clip it was very Bondish I thought 
Well, actually, don't you come to mention it? It had, well, it had that kind of 60s, kind of South of France kind of feel. So I guess, you know, you can imagine James in his, in his Sean Connery period, I think. You yes. know, his nice shorts and uh, striped beach shirt with his uh, weapon in his hand and watching Kylie rubbing sun fan motion into her body. In fact, you know what? <laughs> I know I said I want Kylie to do a Baroque album and I want Kylie to do this album, but I would love Kylie to be inspired by Bond one time. I would love to hear her do an album of songs inspired by kind of 60s Bond. So, you, you know, those kind of amazing, timeless kind of classic songs like that, the kind of songs that Shirley Bassey would sing or, you yeah. know, even Conchita's, Conchita Verst's um, Eurovision song. I mean, all those songs have got that kind of, that kind of impactful Bond majesty, which I think, you know, those songs are always classics for some reason because they're so dramatic. I would love to hear Kylie do a killer version of Diamonds Are Forever. I think she would be absolutely brilliant at it, like with that high register, and I think she'd be phenomenal. I, you know, I mean, maybe she could do what Cher did and do an album of Bond covers. I mean, if she was clever, forget disco for this year, disco could have come next year. To tie in with this year's Bond release, she could have, um, and to, to say goodbye to Daniel Craig, she could have covered all the classic Bond themes and it would have been an amazing pre-Christmas album. I would have absolutely adored that. It would be quite niche though, wouldn't it? I mean, it wouldn't be... No, how can, how can you say that? It's one of those albums that the world would love. Everyone loves James Bond. Everyone loves a Bond theme. Even if you don't watch James Bond films, you know the themes. I know Diamonds Are Forever. I know The Living Daylights. I know uh, Live and Living Let Daylights Die. is such a great song, isn't it? So I mean, good. I know, you've got that lovely song by Garbage, The World Is Not Enough. Oh my God, they're all songs that Kylie could sing absolutely amazingly. So... We have to throw it out into the ether that at some yes. point Kylie is clever enough to do what Cher did with Abba and do, do Bond because I think that's actually a genius move. Oh, Kylie, let me see if she's on my hot dial. <laughs> no, she's right. not taking calls. She's not taking calls. The next sign <laughs> we should chat about is one that kind of was released a few years ago but also got a kind of a, a re-release this year for the record um, day and that's right here, right now, the collaboration she did with Georgia Moroda. Um, great great song i remember loving it when i first heard it when it first came out and it was on his album and that album was great it had duets with like britney and other incredible artists on there it was such a great album and it's the last one i think that he released he's still alive and kicking he's like 187. <laughs> yeah she made it sound um, like he died that was his last release so I think he like he's, still, he's still hanging on in there somewhere of course he's he the is. man who uh isn't he the man who wrote Electric Dreams, which I always... Yes, and the Flashdance soundtrack. He was his... I feel love. I feel love. So he's a man who's uh, got an amazing uh, musical pedigree and he obviously collaborated with Kylie. And he, um, with Britney, he did Tom's Diner. Is that right? Yes. If I recall? Yeah, yes. and it was a, a brilliant version. I, I remember going to a launch of this, actually. Sadly, there were no artists there. It was just... Uh, it was just Giorgio Moroder, but um, he was fascinating to listen to because he was talking about his, his, his career and he was talking about working with all these kind of contemporary stars. And, you know, he, he was just really into his music. And I really liked that. When I heard the song, I thought it was an amazing song. It's just exactly what you kind of wanted to hear. My only, my only criticism is her vocal is so high in it that it's almost, you know, to use that well-used phrase, you know, only dogs could hear it, that kind of thing. <laughs> it, it, it literally was like a whistle, her voice. It was so high. But, I mean, it's such, an, it's such a catchy song. It's a great dance record. Yeah, it is a very good dance record. Um, and also, going back to the record store day, I think they only had 500 copies available in the UK, and obviously the fans uh, scooped them up very, very quickly, and they're re-releasing a yellow LP. Uh, I think it's also another very rare... I missed out on the grey 
um, 500 copy one, but I've got, I think, a, a yellow one coming my way. Um, but I'm very, very excited. I love but, it. Uh, but it, was it released as a single or was it just... Um, because it, it charted nowhere. So I'm assuming you didn't release it. Was it just like a promo song? It might have been a promo because it, there wasn't any physical copies. No, it said that it hadn't charted anywhere. So I was... I think it was number one on the US dance chart. So um, I think that's where it kind of did farewell. But I don't think it did well over here in, in that sense. But Which is a shame that... because it's such a killer song. It uh, really is. A, it's, it's a great one. And also the video was quite amazing too. It reminded me a little bit of the one video, um, but it was a really good video. It was really lovely to watch. And it's, you know, it's kind of a lot going on. There. It was a feast for the eyes. But yeah, it was, it was leaked on the 16th of January, 2015, uh, and was released on the 20th of January. It was a second single coming from that album, Deja Vu from Giorgio. And it's also, fun fact, Kylie had previously recorded a different song with the same name on her full studio, Let's Get To It, right here, right now. And what other song has she done that with? There's another song she's done it with, and you know it. Do I? Well, let's just say there was a song on her first album that she recorded another song years later with the same oh. song, a totally different song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, what was it? God, tell me, tell me. Oh my God, hold on. Like, uh, it was Trump Turn Into Love. It's no. in your eyes, no? No. Oh, you're getting warm, you're getting warm, you're getting warm. Actually, you're getting warm because it's on that album. Come on. Oh my God, how rubbish is Kieran? In your everyone? eyes, no. Oh my God, no. I'm, I'm, I'm brain dead from work. What are, what are the singles off that album? Now, everyone out there in, in podcast land, shout out the answer so Kieran can get it. <laughs> Love at First Sight. There you go. See, oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I need to be revoked. I'm going to get fired from this podcast, aren't I? Because I didn't get that See? right. So that was her first, the first time she did that. So, yes, she, she started to repeat herself. God bless her. How Barbara Windsor. Oh, my God. Um, let's talk about Hire and the Teo Cruz. Ah, ah yes. I, that, I mean, he's, he's kind of this... Uh, how do you describe him? He's not a dance diva. I guess he's the male version of a dance diva. He's kind of, he's, his kind of dance tracks are quite campy, aren't they? They're I mean, not, is, it, not... is he still around? Because he was hot, hot there for a hot minute and then, like, disappeared. Yeah, he was. He, yeah, he's one of those who, I get, like I was saying earlier on about the Billy Eilish, he's one of these people who is there for, like, as you say, a hot minute. But then he, they kind of disappear quite quickly. So, um, I mean, I think he's probably still around somewhere, but he hasn't done much for a while. So, um, but yeah, he, so he, he'd been releasing so many records. And uh, so then when I heard that Kylie had got involved, I thought, wow, this is amazing. So, um, and it was a good song. Again, yeah, it was a great song. song. It, it was originally song. supposed to okay. be written for Kylie. So he, the, the song was written for the Aphrodite album, but plans for it fell through. Ah. Um, so Kylie came on uh, as a guest artist on, on the release, just for the European release. So um, her version's released in Europe. Well, in America, there was a rapper called Trevor McCoy who, re- who recorded the raps for the American release. Ah. And the Brazilian and UK versions have parts of the rap within Minogue's version. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a great, great song. It's, it's, it's quite like, you, it's, it's one you can kind of like sing along to. The chorus is, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah. It's great. It's, and you know what? It's a shame it didn't make uh, Aphrodite because it actually is a song that would fit very nicely in it. I could quite happily replace a couple of songs of Aphrodite with this song, you know, that better than today one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. it makes you wonder why he didn't make it in the end, and especially as Tao Cruz was quite 
hot at that moment. So you'd think that maybe they would have just jumped on that bandwagon slightly. But hey, I mean, at least we got the single in the end. But it didn't do all that well. It was, I think it was top 30, about 26 or something. So it wasn't like the, uh, uh, it wasn't the biggest hit in the UK, unfortunately. But hey. Yeah, it, um, it, 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 it debuted in the ARIA singles charts at 77. Mm. Um, where after a few weeks on the chart, it peaked at number 25. Oh. Yeah, that's in, uh, that's in Australia. And oh, and I tell a lie, 37 in the UK. Yeah, and the single also managed to debut at the UK single charts at number 60, and then 37 the following week. Ah, I have a feeling that might have been a bad, a bad chart thing for Tal Cruz, because I think he was more used to the top 10. Maybe Kylie was bad luck for him. The oh. next song I want to talk about is one that not many people know, I don't think. And it, again, it doesn't get spoken about. And I absolutely love this song. I remember when it first came out, I listened to it, God, a couple of times a day for about, you know, a month. And it's called Whistle. Um, it's a very interesting composition. It doesn't flow in a natural way that a pop song or a song should. So Whistle, it features Mum. Um, and it was a song oh, that Carol. came... <laughs> no, not Carol. Okay. And it's a song that came from an obscure film Kylie was in called Jack and Diane, where she played a, a, a lesbian waitress. <laughs> and it's, um, it's such a great song. It's, I don't know, I, I was just listening to it again in preparation for this. And it's the way she sings it, it it's, I find it's like a discovery in herself where she's trying to find where she goes with the song. And I, I love it. I, but then again, I quite liked some of the songs on Impossible Princess. And I think this is quite well you know from then until now the most impossible princess air quotes things that she's done so if you guys haven't checked it out uh log on to spotify or apple and find it's called whistle i mean one of the first lines is i bleed like a pig it's it's a very interesting interesting song and i absolutely love it now as you know i'm i'm not a fan of things that are too experimental but i actually quite like it it reminds me a little bit of um, it's kind of like a cross between Bjork with Julie Cruz, who did the Twin mm. Peaks theme tune. So it's got this very ethereal kind of backing track, and it's actually it's kind of like something that you would listen to to go to sleep. So it's like one of those sleep stories that you can listen to at night, one of those apps, and just kind of like slowly, 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 slowly fall asleep. And it's um, a long song as well. It's like six minutes or yeah. six minutes long. The song, and it's kind of the ones where I know you've, we've spoken about a few times, or you've spoken about a few times, Christians in the podcast about, you know, every time you hear a song, you're automatically thinking of what the video clip con- like conception would be. And for me, this is like a black and white, gritty kind of in a forest like <laughs> nature. It's just it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, and I know I just, I always kind of moan about Impossible Princess, but I do kind of admire Kylie for trying these things because, you know, she doesn't expect to have number ones with songs like this. And I think sometimes when you're producing songs where you have the pressure to be, to have a chart hit, um, it must be quite nice sometimes just to take some time out and record something that is so kind of avant-garde and so odd and so strange that, you you know, it's kind of like a holiday, a bus on holiday, but you're not, you're, you're doing something completely different but you're still doing music that you like yeah it's like you're feeding your creative soul right it's just something you want you want to do and you're feeding that kind of urge to do something really creative and i guess you can feed that back into your pop stuff but in in smaller doses but you exercise your uh your kind of musical passions you if you want to do something a little bit left of center then instead of kind of damaging your career you can take one step aside collaborate with someone and do something wild yes keeping on to the film 
um, trajectory where we're going. Uh, Kylie did a theme tune, a reworking of a theme tune for absolutely fabulous, the movie called Wheels on Fire, as she revisited that classic opening. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Christian? Um, I mean, she kind of kept it quite straight, didn't she? It didn't sound too much different from um, the original versions and, and the version that was on the TV series. Um, it was good. I liked it. It was fun. It was perky. It was upbeat. And I liked it. Yeah, me too. It just, it's a shame it didn't sort of go anywhere other than, you know, it's a shame there wasn't a big old production of a video or, yeah, yeah, more kind of radio again. I just, oh yeah, it's a shame. But yeah, I quite liked it. And it kind of, you know, it kind of summed up, it was perfect for that film. The film was, everyone was talking about it, everyone loved it. So it's nice that she was involved in the film in in some way. Did you you like the film? Um, I actually, well, I don't like the TV series, so I think it's really unfunny. Controversial. See, I love the TV series. I wasn't a big fan of the film. I like the film, but I hate the TV series. It's been like Sex in the City. I love the films more than the TV series. Oh, God, oh, even number two, that's horrendous. Uh, no, not the second one. Don't get me wrong. I, I, that one was absolutely awful. But um, no, I preferred the film. I thought the film was funny, but maybe because I quite like seeing it packed with uh, cameos from people like Rylan and, and Rebel Wilson and people like that. So, um, Kate was brilliant in that. She was <laughs> absolutely brilliant. She needs to do more acting. Okay, now the next one we're going to talk about is. Probably one of the most difficult songs to actually decipher who's singing, and that's The Winner Takes It All, <laughs> which Minogue is singing. Anyone who gets the correct answers wins a car because I still can't pick out the between Danny and Kylie on this track. Let's begin with I Love the Song Anyway. I love the song as a kind of melancholy pop song because it's kind of low-key by ABBA, but this one is kind of triumphant and it's ridiculous and it's got this kind of wild opening that is... Courtesy of Steve Anderson, isn't it? Yes, yes. So it's, just, it's kind of like very, it's madness. And this came from the soundtrack to a TV show called Beautiful People that starred Olivia Coleman. Uh, it's absolutely an amazing version of Winner Takes It All. I think it's actually, dare I say, better than Hazel Dean's version of it. And also <laughs> Abba, Abba, Abba's, and Abba's version. And if God bless Hazel knows, Dean. She loves the cover, doesn't she? This is a, an absolutely amazing version. But as you say, I, it's very hard to tell one the note from the other. Yes, it very it, it is, and and I think you know having Danny and Kylie together, you know it it should have it should have done more in terms of setting the world alight than what it did. It was such a you know you've got the Minogues cover, covering Abba, you know it, this had PR gold written all over it, and it, yeah, I'm angry actually because it wasn't pushed really as a song. It was it was on the soundtrack. It was only available on the soundtrack. In fact, sometimes it's quite difficult to find. Um, on Apple Music, if you're looking on there, because I try and look on there. But there was no video for it. I think it could have been a great charity record for children in need or something. They could have pushed it that way as well, mm-hmm. or have it as a Christmas single. Um, and I would love to see Kylie do it in one of her shows. I think it would be a, an amazing, amazing little treat for everyone to kind of enjoy. But um, yeah, well, the moment's gone, I guess. But it's one of those kind of uh, one of those Kylie secrets that I think most people wouldn't be aware of. Yeah, the next one is also another secret as well. It's when Kylie teamed up with the Italian singer Lauren Pussini. Pussini? I'm sure I'm saying that right. And I'm half Italian. (laughs) And it's called Limpido. And this was released in 2011 and probably has one of the best videos, I think, in Kylie's career. Did you you say the song was called Limpido? Limpido. A Limpido? Limpido. Is this a... (laughs) 
Uh, so tell me about that, because I've listened to this number of times and it's kind of gone in one ear and out the other. It was absolutely but stunning. It's... It was written by Laura. It was released, oh, sorry, in 2013 as the lead single of Puccini's greatest hits album, 20. So she's put on her greatest hits when it hasn't even been released. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a great song. It peaked at number one in the Italian top digital downloads chart and was certified gold by the Federation of the Italian Music Industry. It, it's, it's great. I mean, it was recorded and released in three versions. There's Italian English, Spanish English, and Spanish. Yeah. It would, yeah, it's all released on digital formats, but the video was just amazing. It was, it's, it's sort of stars Paul and she's like wearing these jeweled veils and these long eyelashes like Snuffleupagus. <laughs> and, they like, and I think the most beautiful thing is the kind of them in this pool of glitter just swarming around and the way the glitter, it's just, it's very visual and it's such a great, a great video and a really good song. I mean, well, I mean I, I, this one I, I'm not that excited by, I have to admit, it's not one of my favorite ones. So um, I can take it or leave it. In fact, I'm leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> this one, it sort of came after Flower and before Into the Blue. So this is her kind of release in 2013. Ah, ah. yeah, it's yeah, not one of my favorites. Going back to Kylie in movies now, Kylie did a Bollywood film called Blue and she did a song called Chiggy Wiggy. I mean, it is fun, it's camp, and more importantly, it's actually written by Oscar winner A.R. Rahman, who did all the music oh. for Slumdog Millionaire. And he wrote this and he also did the music to Blue. It, the film... I've not seen it, but it does star um, Ak- Akshay Kumar, who's very um, one of the Bollywood gods in India, very famous actor. It's what you expect from a Bollywood film. It's not your typical Kylie song, uh, which is no bad thing, I hasten to add, but it's one of those songs that is... Um, it's so hard to describe it without sounding... It's a little bit... It's mad, isn't it? It's kind of like... A, it's kind of like you, you that, can tell it's a kind of a ball. You can, it's got the Indian influence, but still mm. there's some pop sensibilities in there as well. That's what I kind of liked about it. You've still got the traditional kind of meets the Western. I, I, I really kind of, I liked it. For me, it doesn't have that immediate hook. That I mean, it's got obviously the, use, the overuse of the word chiggy wiggy. But um, for me, there's no kind of melodic hook that really hooks me in like many of her other songs. It's definitely not one I'd put on my playlist, if I'm honest. See, I love listening to Bollywood music. And if you've got a chance, check out the theme tune to Doom 2, Doom Majali. It's a great, great song. Not related to Kylie, but it's a, it's a fab, fab song. Some of the music they've got in those films are incredible. Let's talk about the EP that Kylie released called Kylie Plus Garibay and the three tracks that were on that album. So we've got Black and White featuring Shaggy. And it was quite good. It's, isn't it, it's a strange pairing. I mean, I wonder who called who. Do you think Kylie called Shaggy? It's like, hey, Shaggy, can you come be on my song? And I have to admit, that was very, I remember at the time thinking, like, oh, that's a very weird choice. And I think Shaggy had got off the boil at this point because there was a point where he was really famous again. Yeah. Um, and he's quite cool. Well, I think he was famous for being like a popular culture icon. I think he was famous for taking the mickey out of himself, right? Yeah, but then he also did a song with Sting. So that kind of almost made him a little bit more credible, I think, and around this period of time. So, or maybe before or after, I'm not quite sure. I don't really know Shaggy's uh, timeline. But, um, yeah, but, but um, when, when I heard that he was involved, I thought, oh my God, it be something like Bombastic or... Um, <laughs> but it's actually quite a nice dance song, actually, isn't it? And there's a great bit in the middle, actually, where his voice works really well. It's really effective. It really works in the dance milieu. 
Milieu. Yeah. yeah, no, I quite liked it. It's, it's, a, it's a good opening to this three-track EP, I think. But I think the, the standout track is the second track, If I Can't Have You with Sam Sparrow, fellow Aussie. Uh, this song is banging. Describe if it. I can't have you. I love the whole kind of like... It's, it's, it's a very good, it's a good dance. It's a good dance song. He was quite cool at one point. I remember he uh, was kind of, uh, with that hit, that song when it hit big, he was like a... It was massive. He was absolutely massive. Star, and then it yeah. kind of like fizzled out for like, again, another hot minute. He was hot. But again, seeing him com- uh, paired with her, I'm like, oh, okay. Interesting again uh, that she chose him. But obviously, hopefully with, you know, with the... He probably he's had... Australian, whole... isn't he? Yeah, he's Australian. Maybe he's but one he... of her neighbours. Maybe. I mean, she, everyone needs good neighbours. Because they're good friends. <laughs> but the third one is her, her collaboration with Georgia Moreto, as you mentioned, Your Body. Uh, right Here, Right Now was released in 2015, and this came out in 2015 as well. So this could have been an offshoot of her collaboration recording Right Here, Right Now, or this might have came first, we don't know. But it's, it's an interesting song. Not my, not my favourite one on the, on the EP. I don't think it has the strength of the previous two or even the, the second track with Sam Sparrow. But it's an enjoyable listen, I thought. This track I really like because it's got this kind of, kind of pulsating um, repetition of the, your body in the chorus. And it's kind of like, it's kind of not as dancey as the other two songs, but it's got this kind of like uh, repetitive groove that is actually quite hypnotic. Um, but I'm not quite sure how this all came about because obviously we've got three different kind of producers here, or artists. So they must be, they were brought together by Garibay, right? So who, who yeah. Garibay? So Garibay is basically, he's a Fernando Garibay. So it's his mm. record producer. Um, he's based in Los Angeles and they recorded at his home. Um, they released the, this debut, him and Kylie released this debut called Sleepwalker. On, uh, this okay. was released on September 24th, 2014. And it, it, this EP was accompanied by the short film directed by our mate, William Baker. And, and, when, and this was presented, I remember this actually now, this was presented at Kylie's concert before at the Kiss Me Once tour. They showed All right. Sleepwalker. They actually showed the video. And, yes, of course, I remember. So yeah, I think it was. A, I think this was before Kylie did Kiss Me Once, before she was signed to Rock Nation. So she kind of had this downtime, and she just created this piece, you know, this short EP, and created these, you know, three very different. I mean, as I said, the, um, the Shaggy one for me was my favorite of the three because I think it's just got a really good, good poppy chorus, it's got a great chorus, and I quite like. And as much as I don't like Shaggy's vocal normally. I, it works for that song. Sam Sparrow's song too is good. It feels to me, I've always thought it needed maybe more of a remix to it. feels like it's half done, but it's a good song. And as I said, they're all very different. And I think in some ways, it was, I would have loved to have heard an album of music that sounded like that. Because I think that's, that was actually Kylie weirdly at her best in some ways. Shall we go back to 1989, Christian? It's We're not- going to Band Aid <gasps> 2. The you know stupid group charity single. It's oh, one of my favourite moments in pop history. <laughs> In fact, no Band-Aid record existed before this song, I believe. <laughs> I remember seeing on Live and Kicking or Going Live, one of the Saturday morning TV shows, they did the behind the scenes. So they were there kind of on the day that they were recording it. And obviously you had people like Sonia and, and uh, Matt and Luke Goss and Bross. Wet 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 were there and Banana Rama, Pasadena's, Cliff Richard, Lisa Stansfield. I remember they, they were showing them all recording stuff. And it was very funny because you saw uh, Luke Goss playing the drums and you really knew that Aileen was... Uh, busy playing those drums. <laughs> so it was always funny. <laughs> Hope they didn't wear them out. So just, go, I want to list everyone uh, that performed. Just to go back. We've got Banana Rama, Big Fun, Bross, oh. Kathy Dennis, D-Mob, ah. Jason Donovan, Kevin Godley, Glenn Goldsmith, 
Kylie Minogue, the Pasadenas, Chris Ray, Sir Cliff Richard, Jimmy Somerville, Sonia, Lisa Stansfield, Technotronic, Dance, Dance, <laughs> and Wet, Wet, Wet. I mean, you can't get a better lineup if you tried. It's interesting to see that Kathy Dennis was in the same room, breathing the same air as Kylie. Decades who before yeah. she who wrote that? her biggest song. It's funny, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a who's who of who's not around these days. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, did we mention Jason Donovan there? Because I forgot to mention him. Did you yeah, mention Jason him? Donovan? Yeah, oh, he's there. Yeah. I mean, actually, their voices uh, meld together so beautifully in, uh, in that section they sing. It works really, really well. And I mean, I actually think it's better than the first one, but mainly because I love the Stockade Immortal production, obviously. Um, but I, you know, I, I love the way that the, they, they made this song different to the first version by putting choruses in. So I like the first, the first one didn't have the Do They Know It's Christmas as a chorus. It was Stockade Immortal decided to turn it into a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, which was different, which I quite liked. And the Pasadenas took one chorus. I think Banana Rama took another one, I think. Um, and Cliff Richard I, obviously was the kind of anchor. He was the one who they kind of trusted to sing the whole song all the way through. And he was at the time Mr. Christmas because he was always having Christmas hits. So it was a very clever move to have him in there. So, um, but it was a brilliant version. I mean, people didn't like it. In fact, I remember Marty Pello cheekily said in the behind the scenes, he said, you know what? Um, we're all taking part in this for the, the cause. I've had to bite my lip because clearly he didn't like working with Stockade and the Waterman. But he said, I'm, I'm, I'm biting my lip to do this record. So, you know, everyone pulled together. It was a big hit. Um, but it was one of those songs that kind of got forgotten over the years because then there were two other versions that came afterwards which were featuring, you know, the, the likes of Coldplay and Bono and all these boring, worthy do-gooders. Um, and then number two kind of got forgotten for a long time. It was only recently in the past couple of years that it's kind of reappeared on, you know, on your Spotify's and your Apple Music's because for a long time it wasn't available. No, I remember oh, buying yes. the CD single, which has all the versions on there and just <gasps> bought it just for the 1989 version. Well, I mean, that's joyous. I mean, I, I, the thing is, we've got to remember that these songs kind of take place at certain times. There's a gap between all of them. So they, they all reach a different kind of demographic. And back in 1989, the sound of PWL was the sound the nation loved. And so, you know, it was kind of fitting that one version of that song would be a high energy disco somper as children starved in Africa. Keeping with the charity angle as well, let's talk about Haiti in 2010 because Kylie appeared on Everybody Hurts, the, the yeah, single that was released by Psycho. I didn't know much about this one, to be honest. I only found out this by doing my research this week. I mean, the, the, let me list the, uh, the, these are the artists that appeared on this track. Leona Lewis, Rod Stewart, Mariah Carey, Cheryl, Mika, Michael Bublé, Joe McEldry, Miley Cyrus, James Blunt, Gary Barlow, or The Take That, John Bon Jovi, James Morrison, Alexandra Burke, Susan Boyle, JLS, Mark Freehealy, and Westlife, the rest of the Westlife team, and Kylie. How was there any room for anyone on that record? It seems like it's jam-packed. I know, it was amazing. <laughs> this also marks John Bon Jovi's first number one appearance on a UK singles chart. Ah, you know what? I didn't remember this song at all. Was it released? <laughs> It was. It was released on the 7th of February, 2010 and went to number one. You know what? I must have been in a coma because I have no memory of this song whatsoever. I have absolutely no memory of this song. Whatsoever. It is a great song. Obviously, it's a cover of the R.E.M. classic. Mm. No, uh, I, love the, I love the original song. The song is absolutely beautiful. It's one of my, it's like one of those heartache songs, but I just don't remember it at all. She's always done great stuff for charity as well. So it's good to see her appear on the, these great ones. Now, the next song, Christian, I'm going to have to get you to talk about because I wasn't aware of this until you told me about it today. 
and it's the Gerling G House project. Talk, talk uh, me, it, educate me on what this is. So Kylie teamed up with this uh, Australian electronic and alternative rock trio um, to produce this song. And it's kind of like this kind of great pop dance anthem. I don't think it got a very wide release because I only came across it because somebody sent it to me, I think. And I don't really remember um, it ever. It wasn't, I don't think it was commercially released in the UK or maybe it might have been in Australia. You must know, you're in Australia. No, but, but I um, didn't listen to this type of music though. I had no I idea. I had some on it. And let's forget this one. Let's, get, let's do Crystallize. Um, let, let's do the other boys first and end on Crystallize. Yeah. It was released in 2015 in October and it's The Other Boys. And this is the song that was performed by Australian twin sisters Nervo and features Kylie, Jake Shears and the legendary Noel Rogers. It's, this is a funky, funky song and really fun. I love this song. This is one of those really upbeat disco baggers. It's absolutely unbelievable. And the video is sensational because there's lots of swooping cameras. Uh, it's in the warehouse and there's all these uh, models, these quirky models kind of like smooching and leaning against brick walls. And then you've got this Kylie parading through this kind of warehouse with her gorgeous hair and this lovely outfit. She looks stunning in this video. She looks, this is, I think Kylie looks the best she's looked in a long time in this video. She looks absolutely stunning. And Jake Shears is great. There's a real energy to the song. There is an energy, you're it's, right. It breaks my heart. It, a lot of people didn't get to hear it. It's one of those songs that is, again, one of those hidden gems that we all know that I think most people don't know, but if they had, they probably would have loved it. And you know what? If it had probably been Demi Lovato on vocals, it would have been number one. It reached number five in Argentina and then hit number one in the US Hot Dance Club songs on the Billboard charts. So it did quite well over in the US and Argentina, but didn't make a ripple over here in the UK, which is an absolute shame. Yeah. And you were talking about the video and that video was filmed in London's Brick Lane. Ah, it's, uh, it was it's shot in August video. 2015. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so, yeah, so it's, good. Yeah, if, if no one's seen the video, then you just go on YouTube and have a look. It's absolutely, oh, it's so exciting. Honestly, Kylie and Jake are having a good time in it, kind of in each other's arms at one point, but her striding through that warehouse, I mean, she, she strides like a queen. So I, I think she's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, really good. It's funny, that actually, you mentioned that it was number one in, um, on the American dance track because a lot of her songs actually have been. So there was, people always say that she hasn't really made it in America, but she's obviously got some kind of massive presence on the US dance charts over there. So she can't be doing too badly. The last song that we're going to talk about today on this very kind of special uh, episode for us is a song that I think it's criminal that it didn't get a bigger fanfare because around this time when it was released in 2014 was one of, I think, Kylie's Best in a few years that was released, and I'm talking about Crystallize. Now, this song was originally recorded as part of the Kiss Me Once sessions, but didn't make the album, which I have no idea why Mr. President got on there and a few others from, from that album. Um, but this song is just amazing. It's it, even the video was fantastic. I, I absolutely, this is one of the songs I listen to quite often, actually. I love this song as well. Uh, I don't think, I, I can't imagine it ever being on Kiss Me Once. It doesn't seem like it would ever fit on the album. It sounds very much like a Jake Shear song. Oh, yeah, you're right, I suppose. It's got, yeah. it, cause it's kind of got, it's got that kind of ethereal sound to it, hasn't it? It's got that kind of magical kind of uh, floatiness to it that doesn't sound particularly electronic. And I, don't, I think it would have sounded terrible on uh, Kiss Me Once, to be honest. But it did so badly. It got to number 60 in the charts. I just it don't did. But what, what I think Kylie did well for this, and I think what she t did for the campaign, she launched a one note for cancer um, with this song. So you, you as a punter or as a fan could purchase a note on this song 
uh, and that money went to cancer raising for cancer trust or cancer awareness. It was such a great idea to do. And obviously I bought a note. I can't remember what note it was um, (laughs) on this song, but it's, yeah, it's such a great, great song. Apparently it sold 3,278 copies. I mean, that's bizarrely low. (laughs) Yeah. And it fell out of the top hundred the following week. Yeah. 60. It makes you wonder though. I mean, that's 3,278 people who bought that record. I would have thought in the land of Kylie fandom, there are hundreds of thousands of people. So where are all these thousands of fans when you need someone to push a record? I mean, especially these days, singles don't have to sell that many to be in the top 10. Obviously, I know we have streaming, so I guess people don't bother paying for anything anymore. But still, I mean, I I noticed recently that on some of the forums, fans are trying to kind of get Kylie charting higher by downloading Bundles stuff. and all that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't understand why her records are do, do so badly. It's very bizarre to me, especially great ones like this. Just going, talking about disco quite quickly. I mean, it's being released on the 6th of November, as we all know, but also being released on the same day as Little Mix. Um, and I believe like Miley Cyrus has a, has a release coming out around that time, I think. How, how do you think she's going to fare now? Do you think she'll still get that number one? Because if she does get that number one, it's going to be... It's just going to make history. Yes, that's a disappointing thing because there's a possibility that she might not get a number one with this one. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how... Little Mix have gone through a funny phase, haven't they? Because their last album didn't do all that well compared to the previous four. They sold but very with, little. With, with the new BBC show that they've got coming up, they're going to be but, front and centre of people's awareness. I mean, it, it's, it's going to do well. And also the last two singles, or the, pre, the singles that are leading up to this album are kind of back to the songs we were doing a few albums ago, so they've mm. gone back to their kind of more poppy sound. Um, I am worried. I mean, I wonder if, you know, there's enough and, and enough of us out there to outsell. Enough I mean, I think there. so. But I look, look, counting up how many copies of Disco I bought, I'm, I think I lost track at nine or ten. <laughs> so, but then there's also an article I, so I read that potentially Billboard are, are not going to be recognising bundle sales moving forward anymore. So that's also another kind of, because, you know, us Kylie fans, we, we love the collectible element of it. And she still hasn't released the VHS of Disco, which I think is a massive mistake. I but, mean, I will, I'm going to argue. I, I would actually say that that's fair because I don't agree with fans. Actually, I, I'm contradicting what I said about five minutes ago. I don't believe that fans should kind of con people, in, con people into the charts. I think buying bundles in some way does kind of make it, it isn't a true representation of a chart position. Do you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. buy, buying a bundle should be seen as just one sale. If you buy them all in one go. Yeah. It, just feels like, it feels unfair. I mean, if, if you think about it this way, if, you know, Little Mix, for example, have got more followers on Instagram than Kylie has. So if all of them were to bundle, then they would outsell Kylie a million times. I, I, I don't think I agree with it. Yeah. No, fair play. I mean, I'm always going to be buying a Kylie bundle because I've got that FOMO whole fear of missing out. Like, I obviously need those different colour vinyls that I'll never ever look at ever again. No, but you, um, but you buy it because you're a collector and you, you like to collect things that you, you love Kylie. So you want to collect all the kind of different versions of, of what she does. So that's not a bad thing. I think when, you know, when people kind of maybe buy things over and over again to try and get people into... It's like, it's like a, an author going into 10 shops and buying 15 copies of their book and then, you know, try and get it to the top 10. I mean, that's kind of like, it's kind of like cheating in a way, isn't it? You know, to see a, a true representation, you need to let the public do it. 
Mm. Um, but going back to Crystallize, she was in the video for this song, and I don't think no, she did really it's a little any young girl in her bedroom. She? Yeah, no, there's hardly any promotion for it. So, I mean, this is probably why the song died a death because no one knew it was there, which is a shame because, again, it's one of Kylie's greatest pop moments. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for sticking with us on this episode. Again, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the podcast episode, just if you want us to cover any songs that we haven't covered today, because, you know, we've got 35 years of classic forgotten gems that we can talk about let us know on at the kylie smiley podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram or facebook at the diminutive collection let us know what you want us to talk about and um yeah christian i think we'll see you next week for christmas is it christmas next week i think we're gonna be throwing a christmas party next week <laughs> and we're gonna, invite, we're gonna invite but apparently we're not having christmas this year because of boris so let's <laughs> throw christmas early and we're gonna do that next week which should be a lot of fun so uh get your christmas jumpers out get some jingle bells some eggnog and we'll sit down and we'll listen to kylie's marvelous christmas album amazing well, i can't wait for next week thanks so much christian we'll see you then bye